welcome in to RFK Refugees Podcast. This is one of your hosts, John. This is the, I believe, third episode of the week. Uh, if you are our Patreon, you got this today. You got this on Wednesday, July 14th. If you are not a Patreon, you got this a day later, which would be Thursday, which if you're listening to that now is the present. But uh, make sure you're on patreon.com slash Refugees if you want stuff early or if you just want to support the show. Or just make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and then you'll hear it that way. Enough plugging for the show. We have uh, on the show for the second time, uh, forward Ashley Hatch of the Washington Spirit. Ashley, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Of course. Thanks for having me. So last time we talked, it was the preseason. We talked about the national team, and I think we talked about the coaching staff basically saying, uh, we'd like to see you score more goals. I think that's really what we're asking. We just want to see goals scored. Uh, And now it's July 14th, uh, and you're the leading scorer right now. You're tied to the leading scorer. How's that feel? It's got to feel like, you know, not job done yet, but, you know, job on its way, right? Yeah, definitely headed in the right direction, so it feels pretty good. I know Richie alluded to some personal targets that you're pursuing, including the obvious, I mean, excluding the obvious team goals and targets. Do you want to secret these out into the universe, or is this just something you're, you're just going to keep on, keep on going week to week and see where you get? Um, I'm just going to keep on going week to week and, you know, staying in the present and staying focused on where I'm at and we'll see where things go. I don't blame you. I think that's, (laughs) I would, I would maybe do that too. So North Carolina game, big win, uh, not quite the, the win at the Plex that everyone sort of says is their favorite win, but three points, uh, in in front of fans at Audi field, two goals in the first half against your first or against your old team. I had to feel good. I would assume. (laughs) Yeah, I, it felt great. It's always it's always fun to get a win on Audi Field, and the fact that it was against North Carolina feels a little bit better. So, <laughs> the confidence the team was showing all game was just obvious. I, I know in the press box we were like, "Wow, this team to to a person they're like, I we're gonna take everybody on. This is not there's no there's no like being cautious about tactics here. We're like, if we have an opportunity to dribble past a player, we're gonna do that." Uh, it was a real contrast, obviously, to the Chicago game. You know, plenty of reasons for that, tactical, field, all other things. Uh, but did you did you feel that as soon as the game started that, and maybe in your preparation during the week, that this was going to be a different game than the one, the previous one? Yeah, definitely. I think you hit, hit it right. We were all super confident stepping in the field, and I think that confidence was super contagious. You know, just seeing, you know, your teammates do their job and beat their players or cover for other players. It was just really, it brought a lot of energy amongst us. And we've, you know, been watching film and we were preparing all week for that game. And one of the common themes that we've had throughout all of our games is we've we've had an opportunity to score or go ahead in like the first five minutes of every game. And we've had trouble putting that away. And I think that first opportunity that we got um, with, I think it was Tegan's cross and I was able to put it in the back of the net. I think that really helped, um, us continue that confidence and going forward. And that was something that I think a lot of our past games have been missing. Um, so I think that first go ahead goal really helped solidify that confidence and it helped us go forward and be a little bit, you know, more creative, take a little bit more risks, but also I feel like on the defensive side of the ball, we were all just so solid and we were so confident going into our tackles, into our challenges. And yeah, I just spread throughout the whole game and it was a really fun game to be a part of. I had just talked to Kevin Paredes about the 7-1 game and I actually compared it to this one. The scoreline obviously a bit different, but as far as uh, the other team just looked to be not necessarily beaten, but they, they you could tell that they were like, this is 
not what we expected necessarily uh, <laughs> from from the start. They were, uh, you know, obviously the seven to one game. At, at, when it, once it was three nothing, it was it was game over for them, and they were just sort of fl- floating around. But North Carolina didn't really possess the ball into dangerous positions. There were opportunities they had, but they seemed to come out of, you know, out of transition, out of a counter, and some of that may have been the tactics the way they set up. But you guys dominated. From from my perspective, uh, as far as possession goes, you could have scored more. Actually, uh, Sanchez could have scored two or three, uh, just just in the way yeah. it went. So that was uh, you know that from 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 the Chicago game to that one is it's got to be it's it's very it's very promising for the next couple of weeks as you as you move forward. Um, so speaking of moving forward, you've got a game coming up against Gotham FC at Segre this weekend. Uh, Richie talked about how slow the ball played there um, since they're still not able to water the turf. Uh, have you guys talked about ways to play around that? I think I think you may have talked about sort of maybe playing more in the air uh, as opposed to trying to maybe be as fluid and, and drib- dribbly <laughs> as, as Audie feel that. And would you like the media to bring bottles of water to just sort of like sprinkle around the end line? We can do that. If just, just let us know. Yeah, I think if we just, you know, every fan that comes in, just give them a water bottle and just say, hey, Squirt. save this for halftime and everyone just sprinkle it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, we... That was one thing that we took away from the Chicago game that we did a lot better um, at Audi Field. I think the field definitely helps with, you know, a bigger field and a better surface, but it's something that we know it needs to get better. And so going into our next game, we know we need to move the ball quicker, whether that's on the ground or in the air. We've also been talking about um, our services from out wide and from our outside backs. And um, obviously they did a lot better last game. Um, with those services, I mean, we looked at the stats today and North Carolina had, I think, 20 crosses and we had nine, but I feel like we're a little bit more selective about our crosses, which is good as a good thing. Obviously, you could see our possession numbers are a bit better than theirs, um, but I think just having better services and, you know, converting more of those crosses will definitely help us, especially when we play um, at Saira with the weird surface that we have but i think being able to have both options of playing on the ground and having more dangerous services um will make our opponent worry about too many things and we can you know break through them a little bit better so hopefully we can execute that better next game yeah i would say other than carson pickett was putting balls into dangerous spots but i think everybody else the crosses i i I was not uh concerned for you guys uh watching most of them like you said they were sort of just that was that was the game plan. It's just throw throw yeah. as many darts on the field as possible. Maybe <laughs> maybe one will 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 come true here. So uh, yeah. it's early in the prep week. You just mentioned sort of you looked at the stats for last week and doing review. Um, but are there any? Uh, and you probably will find this out later in the week. But red flags or areas of focus against Gotham this weekend? Things that you're keying in on uh, from at least you know reacting to them. Like we just talked about crosses on the outside are going to be important for the spirit this week. But what have you gotten into that part of uh, the the game plan for the week? Um, we haven't gotten gone over them yet. We just reviewed our last game today, but we did talk a little bit about the upcoming game. And Gotham is always a good team. Um, they always have some sort of good strategy. We talked about anticipating them playing similar to how Chicago played against us, especially since it's at Segura Field. And so that's kind of, I feel like, how we're preparing for it um, is they're probably going to come in since Chicago was unfortunately successful against us at Segura. They're probably going to watch that game and try and replicate that. Um, But, I mean, good thing for us, I feel like even though we didn't get the W in Chicago or against Chicago, I feel like we played well. There's just a few little things that we can tweak, and I think we'll be – 
um, on the better side of that result this weekend. Yeah, I think you guys just need one win against a team that's trying to pack it in, and then that will sort of at yeah. least take that take that tool out of the toolbox for, for a lot of teams coming in. And, yeah. and and last thing about Segra, I think there after so much attention obviously paid to the sort of the locker room shower facilities, I've heard that, you know, they're not Audi field, but they're actually not bad in it and they're actually better than some of the other permanent options that you have in some of the other places you play, maybe some minor league baseball stadiums, things of that nature. <laughs> Talk uh, you know, what's your what's your take on that for the people who are obviously not uh, not able to see it? um yeah it's definitely not bad um i think we're all just grateful that we finally have a locker room and showers and running water so yeah it's i mean it's small but we've we've been in smaller places we've been in like it's new it's brand new so that's super nice as well we've been in places that aren't as new um so i guess we can't complain too much and yeah the fact that it's just finally done is exciting because we've been waiting a while <laughs> yeah yeah yes absolutely i i think I, I i described it as like they took a shipping container and hgtv like tiny homed it like the yeah, the bathrooms are like that you're like are there do these hardwood floors what do they put in here this is this is <laughs> i can't believe it's this it looks narrower on the outside but that's good yeah. i think that's been a real focus for for all, all the fans sort of making sure that you guys are at least you know understanding that it, it is it is what it is but at least it's it, it serves the the needs you, you have for it for this year um yeah. so the olympics final is on august 5th and i imagine it will be a bit of time before the players that are on duty are ready to return so you might have maybe five more games uh, i don't I mean you guys know ahead of time like how long they're going to be until they'll be back but um it's, it's going to be a little bit. You got to, you've got to run to make here. And I've been saying that the Spirit are positioned better than a lot of the other NWSL teams that are missing players. I think that you might have seen that against North Carolina. I think you're obviously the players that are gone are great, but obvious. I think the depth in the places that those players have left is stronger than the depth for other positions for other teams. So, what's the outlook for this team over this period of time? Is it just we got to stack some points right now? This is a good opportunity to have a to build up some some room at the top of the table. Yeah, I mean, I think with national team players or not, that's always the goal is just to go out there, get points, um, put ourselves in the best position that we possibly can for, you know, the playoffs. And um, I like you said, we have a ton of depth. We have a lot of young players that are playing great in the roles that they've been asked to play. We have a lot of players who can play so many different roles and they can play them well. Um, I think a lot of times when the national team players leave, you see this amongst the league, people are asked to play roles that they're not comfortable or not used to playing. Um, but I, that's not the case in our team. I think every person that's asked to play a role plays that role well. And so I think that also plays into the confidence, especially that we had this weekend. I mean, one person that comes to mind is Anna Helferty. Like she, 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 she tore it up. I was so proud of her. Like she played with so much confidence and I think seeing her play with that confidence, you know, as a rookie gave me more confidence. It gave the players next to her, it gave the back line that she was, you know, relying on more confidence. And she's just one of the few that, you know, anytime we have new players up on the field, like I know that they're going to perform well for us. And I think that's going to help us a ton moving forward and playing these games with our national team players gone. Yeah, I, I, the funny thing to do is look at the bench during the last game and, and realize that, you know, 75% of them are the national team replacement players or players that have signed in the last couple of weeks. Uh, is that a challenge to sort of uh, continue to build that team camaraderie? Like, it's like build, uh, the stupid business cliche about building the airplane where you're flying at or whatever. But like you're getting, you're, you're sort of integrating all these new pieces and trying to figure out where they fit in and where they can plug in in the middle of a season. What's, what's, the, what's the dynamic like for that? 
Um, yeah, it can be difficult. I think um, our team does a great job of welcoming players in once they get here. And I think um, practice is a great is a great place to help those players build confidence, to help them learn, um, to have those conversations of like, hey, like this is this is how we do things here at the Spirit, or this is you know this is going to help you watch out for this. So I think the practices that we have are key, and I think they've helped. And I like. I think the reason why we played so well this last weekend was because our, we had a really solid week of training and we had a lot of conversations like amongst us players and how we we're going to be able to break down North Carolina. And I think that communication among obviously our coaches helped too, but that communication among ourselves um, really helps. And it also helps those new players feel involved. Um, even if they're not on the, you know, in the starting 11, we're still having those conversations with them and telling them like, Hey, when you get in, if you get in, like this is, you know, the job we need you to do. And I think that really helps. Uh, now, Richie would want me to call out Anna like like uh, like you just did. And there were a bunch of t- Tori. Uh, he, he called out a couple different players of uh, people who should be they should be paying attention to them. Uh, but <laughs> uh, it's, they're getting a lot of attention and the stats are backing it up. So the combo of Ashley Sanchez and Trinity Rodman are creating the second most expected goals in the league. Um, I don't imagine that people expected that exact outcome. I think obviously Ashley Sanchez had a, had a good, decent rookie season last year, very truncated, sort of half weird rookie season. Trinity coming in, not getting to get her year in college in, and sort of being some somewhat of an X factor. Like obviously people had said she's a she's a baller, but hadn't got an opportunity to really show it at the level. How is that this these two players sort of? Um, just coming into being as as a, as a NWSL level players right away and and contributing helped the rest of the team helped you particularly but helped the whole helped the whole team. It's helped a ton. I mean, they're both really they're both great players. They both are young, have a lot of energy, super creative. Um, so I think just having them on the field gives the other team, you know, two more players to worry about because you never know like what damage they're gonna cause. Um, especially in the attacking half. I mean, Sanchez, I feel like, had a really great game. Um, she was just so creative, and it, she wasn't just doing one thing. You know, she was, you know, her distribution was great, but then she was also dribbling two or three players and getting great shots off. Um, and then Trinity, she's just a machine. She is super fast and can beat anyone pretty much one-on-one with her speed. And so she's just also another attacking threat. And it's great for me because, you know, they the back line has, you know, two other players to really, really worry about. And so I think it, that's going to continue to help us moving forward. You know, they're either going to be tracking me and Trinity's going to get a goal. They're going to be trying to track Trinity and I, and then Sanchez is going to get a goal. So um, I'm really excited to see this relationship between like us three and the rest of our midfielders continue to develop because it's it's fun. Yeah, Trent, Trent seemed like she was maybe gutting, gutting it out a little bit this game as opposed to the last one with her back spasms. But like you said, yeah. the the matchup problems for both of you for the center backs in this league are serious. Like that is that's you've got to be happy to have sort of that sort of <laughs> contrast for you to be able to move in the box. And I, I want to we talked about this after the game last week about the the the, the interception and pass by Andy. But assume listeners of this show don't uh, watch all of the post game streams on Twitch of the so for the. I'll re-ask you the question. Andy Sullivan made a great interception uh, and set you up there for that second goal. Uh, 
I think I, I think is that the, is that the goal that uh, Aubrey ran all the way from the goal yeah. to celebrate because it was so nasty. Talk <laughs> yeah. about talk about the way that play developed and and sort of what you saw from her as it was developing and then as the pass came through for you to to slot it away. Yeah, I just remember. I think I was sitting kind of like like in our half, like kind of by the center circle, and Andy. Like I've watched it back like a million times. She read that pass like she read it so well. Um, intercepted it like a boss and then there was one girl that tried to slide in and stop her but she just blew by her and I was like holy crap she's going and there's only two defenders like I need to go with her um, and so as I, I was going with her there was a perfect you know gap in between both the defenders and so I just kept running to, to one either try and drag one of the defenders away for her to take you know one of them one on one um, or to open that lane for her to pass it to me and she slotted me like the most perfect ball ever and I didn't have to change <laughs> my speed one bit and just like basically tapped it in so it was it was a great uh heads up play by her the the pass was great I like one of the things I like the best about it was like as you said as she was getting past that player I like players that will like tactically dribble in a direction like she she pushed the ball exactly at a 45 degree angle from that player so that they couldn't close the distance and she just had she had a straight run I was like that was obviously yeah. uh, pro probably instinctual but it was it was it made it made the next couple steps possible but because she yeah dusted that player i yeah, don't remember awesome. who it was it doesn't matter because <laughs> that's not what matters on the on that kind of play yeah. <laughs> um i heard a story in the press box last game about someone getting a dm from a player uh that he accidentally accused of a mistake in a game like he couldn't see who it was and like attributed it to the person and then got a dm from them later saying uh incorrect make sure you get it right Oh dang! <laughs> yeah, so you don't have to admit it if you don't want. How many? How much name searching is going on among among on on social media and stuff by the players? Are they aware sort of the conversation that's going on around them, or is it everyone decided to say that no one does it? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm I'm sure some players do it more than others, but yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. I don't. I just kind of stay out of it. <laughs> that's I mean, that's a smart move. I like to say that I would do that, but I think that I would not. I think that I would, yeah. maybe after the first couple of times I did it and I hated it, maybe I would stop doing it. Maybe that would be, yeah. maybe that's the way to keep yourself from doing it. Um, last question. And I want to thank you for taking the time tonight to, to join the show uh, for the second time. You get a, I think you get a, uh, the, the third time is you get like a green jacket, I think is the way we do this. Oh, it's like nice. a, yeah, it's like a ring, a pantheon of heroes. Um, <laughs> What's more challenging? I know we talked about sort of the mental side of the game and how you were sort of taking steps off the field to make sure that you are in the best place you can be uh, from a preparation perspective, from staying in the game perspective. But what's more challenging in the grind of being a professional athlete? Is it the physical side of fighting to stay fit, playing in games that you know you're not 100% against defenders that are some of the best in the world and knowing that you have to go out and then beat them? Or is it staying mentally up for the game when the season is so long, when it's hot, uh, when you're maybe not seeing as much of the ball as you want, or maybe the tactics that you thought were going to be the way isn't the way that the game's actually going? Um, what's harder? Obviously, they're both hard. But like, as what do you what do you not necessarily struggle more with? But what do you think is the more ch more challenging thing of those two? Um, I would probably say the latter. Like, I think it's. Like for me specifically, like I love getting on the field and like grinding it out and working hard. Like I feel like I can like feel that, you know, like I like it's something I can like touch. It's like tangible. Like I, you know, I can feel myself sweating, heart beating, like everything like that. Like I can like 
I did that. Like I worked hard today and I can feel like good about that. But like the mental side of the game, that's kind of hard. Like it's not as tangible and it's kind of, it's hard to keep yourself in it sometimes. And I feel like, especially when maybe, especially as a forward, like, you know, the goals, you know, aren't coming like you want them to be, or expect them to be, or the games aren't, you're not getting as many touches on the ball and to stay, you know, mentally just like sharp and in it because eventually they will come. And when they do come, you need to be ready or else you're going to, you know, keep moving backwards. So I think when there's like a lull or a pause in, you know, your game throughout the season like that, like it is a long season. And so it's hard to stay like sharp through that whole, like the whole season. And so I think the mental side of it, of just staying in it when it's not coming and things are not going your way, I think that's probably the hardest for me. Um, but that's when you need to focus the most on the, the mental side of your game, because as soon as the mental side of your game goes, so does the physical side of your game. And you don't want to push yourself as hard at practice or, you know, you don't want to put in those extra reps because you kind of are like, what's the point? You know, nothing's coming my way, but that's when you need it the most. And so I would say, yeah, just staying mentally like sharp, even when things aren't going your way is probably the hardest. And I think that's even more pronounced for goal scorers, right, for forwards, because uh, from from me from a from a visual perspective, you can tell when a forward is not feeling confident in the, in the it physically manifests itself in the decisions they make, in the shots they'll make, in the plays they'll try to do. So, yeah. how do obviously is there a specific tactic that you have to do with yourself when the goals aren't coming? Your job is to score goals. The team looks for you to score goals. Obviously, this season not a problem, but uh, in the past where that's been the case, what what are the things you tell yourself? when it's not happening, when the evidence in the field is contrary to what you know in your head that you can score and you've done it before and you will do it again. What's, what's, is it like a, is it like a, not necessarily like a mantra or something, but what are you telling yourself on a daily basis? Like it's going to come. I got it. It's just not happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great question. It's, it's kind of like a catch 22. It's like, you don't want to think about it too much because sometimes if you dwell on it, um, it can stifle you a little bit. Um, but if you're not thinking about it, then you're not like, you know, putting your energy and exertion towards getting that. Um, I feel like I had a little bit in the challenge cup. I, I had a little bit of frustration because I feel like I was putting in the work and not getting some of those results. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of like, what, what, what are you saying to yourself? And I remember actually, I said, I was watching a documentary or some kind of like clip on Michael Jordan on sports center, like earlier this year. And he said something like, I know how to play this game. And that was like, that's something I kind of stole from him. And I kind of tell myself that like when things aren't going my way or I mess up or I miss a shot that I would normally make is like, I know how to play this game. And like, sometimes especially getting to this level when things aren't going your way, sometimes you kind of doubt yourself, but then you're like, wait a minute, like I'm, this is my fifth season, you know, playing the NWSL, playing among you know, some of the best soccer players in the world, like I know how to play this game. And so just like little like mantras or sayings like that kind of just to help you redirect your thought process, um, especially if it's going downhill, you need to fix it real quick, because if you let it keep rolling downhill, then it's really hard to, you know, dig yourself out of that. So, yeah, that's kind of the mindset I have when things are going good and when things are going bad, it's just like keep moving in that direction. I love it. Let's all steal that from Michael Jordan. So yeah. no matter what job you have. <laughs> If you're having a bad day, you're still where you're where you are now because of where you were. So you can you can be there again and you can you can improve. So if you're in an office job or if you're scoring goals in WSL, same thing applies. So Tori told us the way to support players is to make sure you're following them on. So they said a lot of things, but make sure you're following them on social media. So where can people do that for you? 
I'm on Instagram. Um, my Instagram handle is ash underscore smash 33. So. And not Twitter where she is not name searching because she is above that and smart. <laughs> so don't do, but you're, you're on there too. So follow, look her up if you want to follow yeah, her. Yeah, I'm on Twitter too. Just not, not as active. But if you want to follow me, I think it's Ash, Ash underscore Hatch 33. So there you go. Do both of those things. And yeah. listeners and I guess viewers, if we're going to, you're, you're seeing this on Twitch if you're looking at this. Um, thank you for, for joining us for this episode. Again, I talked about it at the beginning. You want to get this show the day it comes out. Or close to the day it comes out, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. If not, just go to rfkrefugees.com and subscribe to the show and, and uh, support us that way. That's fine, too. Money's good, but so is your attention. And uh, so that's our. this will be our third episode of the week. Stay tuned for the fourth episode of the week, which I think comes out Friday. We won't do this again. This is crazy, but uh, it's available. It's a, it's a busy week. Uh, but thank you again for joining us, Ashley. And thank you for uh, listening and watching the show. Vamos. Vamos.